Let me ask you a little bit about this presidential race, because I know you've been covering it. You had a fascinating article a few days ago about all the dark money that is fueling Nikki Haley's campaign. And I thought this was so important, one, because I hadn't really seen this reported anywhere. But I think it's also important because people that don't necessarily follow electoral politics super closely, they see Trump, who comes across as this bombastic, mean-spirited guy who bullies everyone. And it's very easy to portray him and see him as the bad guy. And you see Nikki Haley, who comes across as a modern 21st century woman, polite and exactly the kind of person you'd want on your corporate board, exactly the type of person you'd want uh, teaching your son in school. But I am concerned about a lot of where she has been policy wise and a lot of her financial uh, connections to the military industrial complex. What do we know about the role of dark money in her campaign, Lee? Well, look, Nikki Haley really is the candidate of big money in terms of who's financing her campaign. You can get into the her policy background and her history later if you'd like, but just in terms of the numbers, who's powering her campaign? And we've we've received we've seen these reports of Wall Street and billionaires organizing kind of closed door fundraisers for her. You know, there's another one coming up this week. Um, but a number of the groups that flooded New Hampshire with television advertisements, with those door mailers, you know, those, those print things that are sent over the mail, with the, actually the people who are walking around knocking on doors, encouraging, who encourage people in New Hampshire to come out and vote for uh, Nikki Haley, they weren't funded by her campaign. Tens of millions of dollars were coming from groups where we don't know uh, the donors, we don't know the source. Um, some of this comes from late registered super PACs. These are super PACs, which are technically disclosed. They have to file, you know, reports with their donor disclosure transparency kind of reports. But they were they were formed just in the last month, so they kind of missed the registration deadline. So we don't know yet who's funding them. So they're effectively dark money organizations. One group called Independence Moving the Needle. This is actually associated. It was registered by Jonathan Bush, a uh, cousin of former President George W. Bush. They've uh, sponsored many of the TV ads. They're going out and, and, and pushing Nikki Haley in, in New Hampshire. Another big group is Americans for Prosperity Action. This is the organization that's formed by billionaire Charles Koch, one of the top 10 wealthiest people in this country. Uh, he's got this political organization that's been very powerful since the days of the Tea Party and early Obama administration. It's semi-disclosed, semi-secret. $25 million comes from a completely undisclosed um, 501c6. So this is a nonprofit entity. They channeled it into New Hampshire. They're the ones actually funding a lot of the canvassing, the people knocking on doors, driving people to the polls, you know, doing a lot of the grassroots organizing. They've got a veterans organization out in New Hampshire that's helping Nikki Haley, a Latino organization, a women's organization. They're, they're very savvy in terms of micro-targeting their, their efforts. They don't put on their on their badge or their symbol that, hey, we're funded by industrialists billionaires, uh, they're very good at portraying themselves as a grassroots group. And, and, you know, just looking broadly, Nikki Haley, you know, like you you mentioned, the the military-industrial complex, yes, you know, after doling out hundreds of millions of dollars in subsidies to Boeing, she goes to join the Boeing board. You know, Boeing, big part of their budget is not just building these commercial airliners. They build a lot of jets for the military, big military contractor. After she left office as UN ambassador, she was 
basically broke. Her family was going through bankruptcy. They were about to have their um, small business uh, repossessed, and they were facing foreclosure. Suddenly, she's worth many millions of dollars. She's got a $5 million mansion or $4 million mansion. Uh, you look at her disclosures. She's giving a lot of speeches and doing a lot of work with military contractors. Her, her husband works for a kind of mysterious military contractor. No one knows exactly what they do or who they serve. We just know that they're, they self-identify as a military contractor. We, we see that she somehow made all these millions of dollars just in the last few years. Some of that's from Boeing. Some of that's from some of these you know, paid speeches. Uh, but we really don't know the extent of where she got this money. Well, I mean, that's quite alarming. So th- that one super PAC that you alluded to, I think you said the name was Independence Moving the Needle. That's spearheaded by Jonathan Bush, cousin of, of two Republican presidents who nobody in the Bush family, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I can tell, has any history of being an independent. And yet, even though this is very much an establishment Republican group, they're out there. If you're just seeing who pays for these ads, you're out there thinking this is an ad paid for by independents. I mean, I, I don't know that it gets much more dishonest than that. That's right. And then if you look at the ads, the majority of them are saying, hey, we're all we're a coalition of former Trump voters who are just so disgusted by Donald Trump that we're switching our vote to Nikki Haley. That's a very persuasive message. I'm not sure if it's honest. I'm not sure if Jonathan Bush and his cohort are former Trump voters who are switching their vote to Nikki Haley. Yeah. That's just what the kind of messaging they think will play in New Hampshire. If people are just tuning in, we're talking with Lee Fong. Uh, you could check out his website and read a lot of his great journalism on a wide variety of subjects. Uh, go to Lee, spelled Fang, F-A-N-G dot com. Some great stuff on there. Since you mentioned President Trump, a couple of uh, days ago you had a fascinating piece about the media and President Trump. A lot of Trump supporters have come to view the conventional media, CBS News, CNN, MSNBC, as exactly what President Trump said it was, which was the enemy of the people, and having a relationship that is directly adversarial with President Trump. You've pointed out that the corporations that own these media companies actually did pretty well financially during the Trump administration. Um, How well did they do, and what happened once Trump left office? Well, look, you know, there's a very public adversarial relationship between many journalists and TV hosts and pundits and Donald Trump and, you know, many reasons behind that. But part of this is perhaps some type of uh, political theater. At the end of the day, CNN, MSNBC, you know, even The New York Times, these are big publicly traded corporations that at the end of the day serve their shareholders. They have a fiduciary duty not to um, journalism, but to Uh, helping their investors. And if you look at their investor reports, they have to publicly disclose this information. They never did so well as under Trump, both for his Trump, for the Trump uh, presidential campaign in 2015 and 2016. And uh, during the first few years of his administration, New York Times saw record uh, digital subscriptions. I mean, this went through the roof for the first time in its very long history. It really shifted from a ad supported uh, newspaper to a subscription-supported newspaper because it made such record profits on digital uh, subscriptions. Uh, same go- same thing goes for CNN and MSNBC. I mean, these are two cable news outlets that have always lagged behind Fox News until the Trump phenomenon. Finally, they kind of hit their stride as you know uh, leaders of the 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 resistance. 
that would always posture and, and any kind of negative story on Trump, they would puff up. And some, some of which some of those stories um, turned out not to be true, uh, particularly around the Russia con- collusion, you know, steel dossier story. They were pushing these stories and getting a lot of eyeballs, a lot of attention, finally lapping Fox News, um, again, uh, generating a lot of profit for their parent corporations. Now that um, Biden's in office, they've lost a lot of that. The Washington Post uh, just went through another round of layoffs. Actually, today, Los Angeles Times, record layoffs. Um, Viewership is down at all these networks. You know, I don't want to speak for the motivations of all journalists. There's a lot of talented journalists at these media outlets, people who are really fighting for the truth. But we we can't ignore the elephant in the room here. Uh, They work for corporations that really benefit from the theater, from the kind of back and forth uh, fights between Trump and the media. They're hoping to get those resistance eyeballs back, get those advertisers back uh, to get their viewership numbers back up. You know, it's such an interesting point that you raise. And we're talking with uh, Lee Fong. You know, it was said that during the 2016 campaign, if you include all the free media attention that Trump got, both favorable coverage and the bulk of it, which was unfavorable, that it was the equivalent of something like $4 billion worth of free television advertising that he'd gotten. And a lot of analysts said that's part of the reason why he was able to spend far less than not only Hillary Clinton, but all of his Republican primary opponents and still win It's obviously we've seen this kind of dance before in other circles where people pretend to be adversaries and then they're part of this mutual uh, benefit society. Is there is there any belief in your mind that the people that own these media outlets, the Washington Post, the New York Times, uh, all these outlets that are very strongly anti-Trump, do you think there's a possibility sincerely? that this could be professional wrestling, that they actually want Trump to win because it's better for their bottom line. 